You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. Hello, everyone, and thanks for finding this podcast. It is going to be a very, very busy one. I'm just warning you in advance, this is going to be a record podcast for length. So buckle in. It's going to be long. I've got reports from the IMT Des Moines Marathon races, which had some exciting uh, winners with Iowa angles uh, in in all the races, uh, all four of them that were contested. Uh, and going to the colleges, the Nuttycomb, Wisconsin Invitational, big news there for the Iowa State front, the Bradley Pink Classic, uh, all uh, the three uh, other Iowa universities were there, uh, Augustana Invitational, um, <laughs> great performances uh, at the uh, Division Three level, the Lewis and Clark College Invitational, believe it or not, in Oregon. I've got something from that. The Jim Drews, Tory Neubauer Invitational um, in Wisconsin. Indian Hills Invitational back in Iowa. Uh, they hosted that event in Ottumwa. And then a Division Two race, the Blue Gold Classic. So, This is going to be a lot, but I got to get to the news first before getting into the results. We know that Iowa is a tremendous distance running state, and if we ever needed proof of that, it came on Monday with the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association National Athlete of the Week Award. They give out 12 uh, for each, for all the divisions, ranging from NCAA Division I all the way down to uh, Junior College Division Three. So they give out 12. Iowa schools were represented in six of the 12 awards. Uh, half. That's unbelievable. And, 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 and it all starts with uh, Wesley Kiptu, the Iowa State uh, standout, who was named the co-Division I Men's Athlete of the Week on Monday, sharing it with BYU's Connor Mance. They both picked up impressive victories at at the two big national meets this week. Kip 2 getting it done at the Nuttycomb Wisconsin Invitational, leading from 6K on. Mance getting it done with the pre-nationals at Florida State. For Kip 2, this is his fourth USTF CCCA National Athlete of the Week award as a cyclone, his third in cross country to go with one uh, he had in uh, outdoor track and field when he was that triple winner at the Big 12 Championships. Um, and, and and he won uh, uh, eight times uh, this National Athlete of the Award when he was at Colby, uh, Kansas Community College. So uh, what did Kip do do? Well, he, um, he ran 23.11.2 at the Zimmer Championships cross-country course. That is the second fastest time ever run on that uh, on that uh, course. So very impressive, and he um, uh, really dominated a good field that included Oregon's Cooper Tier, who is the reigning NCAA Outdoor 5000 meter champion, and Kip Two's uh, performance. One of the reasons that the Cyclones were ranked number six by the uh, national organization, the USTF CCCCA. 
um, that's a handful there, um, that they were able to um, take the men's championship um, in defeating Stanford. I'll have a lot more uh, on Iowa State uh, later on. Then you got Division Two, where West Texas A&M's innocent Marwana Sheka, um, he's a junior for them, but he's a former uh, Iowa Central runner. Um, he um, won the individual crown at the uh, Blue and Gold Classic. Um, he ran twenty four thirty five, and um, this uh, and and uh, and it was basically a duel. So so the Buffs, uh, West Texas A and M, took the top seven spots um, to have a perfect score of fifteen points, and it's the first time actually that he has. Um, that West Texas A&M has had a National Athlete of the Week during the cross-country season. I'll have more on the junior from St. Paul, but he is a former Triton runner. Then Division Three Iowa swept them both, and they're both Iowa kids, too. That's what's uh, very exciting about this. Joe Freeberger of Warburg College, um, he um, and his crew... Uh, went into the Augustana Invitational in Rock Island, and they uh, knocked off the number two team, uh, Pomona Pittsburgh, uh, Pitzer. Um, they knocked them off in the team standings. It was very close, but the number one ranked Wartburg um, did defeat them. And it was Freeberger who led a 1-2 finish for the Knights, uh, running 24-16 for that 8K. And um, this is the fifth time uh, in two years that Freeberger has won uh, National Athlete of the Week during the cross-country season. So that was a really uh, big statement win by Wartburg and Freeberger there. And then, as I mentioned, Oregon, I've got a report from there, and it's because Loris went out there, and um, Cassie Rosenboom, uh, Kuttenberg native, um, she uh, not only cruised to the victory uh, at the uh, Milo McIver State Park, um, she uh, uh, dominated it. It was by 17 seconds in 2010.9 over that 6K course. Rosenboom knocked off several uh, NCAA Division I athletes, including former National Athlete of the Week Clara Mayfield of Carleton and Fiona Smith of St. Benedict in winning her second National Athlete of the Week honor this season. Her first came on September 13th. And then to finish it all up on the NJCAA Division II level, it was North Iowa Area Community College who took both of those honors. Melvin Kipcomboy, um, won the victory at the Indian Hills Invitational, where the defending uh, NJCAA national champion was second in 2450. Um, that's his PR for that 8K distance. Um, and it's the second time this year, and, and his third honor for Kip Kamboy uh, from that national organization. And then Sarah Bertry, also a sophomore for NIAC. She's from Boyd, France. Um, she um, she was also runner-up at Indian Hills and the top NJCAA Division II runner, running 1858 for the 5K distance. And um, you might not remember this, but she was second in last year's NJCAA Division II Nationals. And um, and like uh, Kip Kimboy, this is her third um, National uh, Athlete of the Week honor after winning it twice last year. So... It was a, a very impressive week for Iowa Collegians, and uh, that wraps up the news.
And I'm going to start off this lengthy race report with the IMT Des Moines Marathon. Uh, and, and why not? It's a once-in-a-year event. Um, it's our local big event for the year. And, um, and with last year being virtual, um, we haven't seen this race in two seasons. Um, so, uh, so it's good to lead off with this event. And what better champion we had than the understated uh, David Two, former Iowa State All-American uh, known for more being a 3,000 steeplechaser, showed that he can be an effective marathoner, very good marathoner, runs 216.19 in his debut, um, and, and very impressively ran the second half much faster than the first. He opened up in 109.33, and then on the second half, which is flatter, um, ran down 2017 winner Luke Cabet, also a Kenyan runner, um, to win by almost two minutes. Um, Cabet had a, uh, had a leg injury um, up near his hip um, toward the end, so that uh, slowed him up. But make no mistake, uh, two uh, won this event, won the 2500, took it from Cabet, and he also got a $1,000 bonus for breaking 220. Um, and um, two who is now um, pursuing his master's degree at Florida A&M, which was his college before he went to Iowa State, said he uh, decided very late, just three days before the event, to change from the half marathon to the full. You'll have to Pardon the audio. Um, the interviews were done right by the soundstage for the IMT marathon, so you'll have to listen closely. Okay, uh, I went back to my my first school, Florida A&M. So for now, I'm doing masters in uh, sports management. Okay. Okay, and also as a graduate assistant. So I'm still training. So this was my first challenge. When I say, ooh, like two, three weeks ago, I tried my marathon. It worked well. So I won that as a debut. So it's only like three days ago I changed. I was trying like a half marathon. Now I decided to say, who can we try full? So then I exceeded and it worked well. David, too, says stepping up in distance is just a state of mind, as he showed uh, in 2019 during the Big 12 championships. Okay, if you follow closely, I ran 10K there. Those are day, uh, Big 12 on side point award. I ran uh, on Friday 10K. On Saturday, I ran Steve Pro. On Sunday, I ran a 5K and I scored in all three events. Yeah. This year, I ran one 10 k at the Big 12 and uh, Steeple Chase. Then I focus on Steeple. But I had that endurance. So, but I decided, like, let me try for this because, okay, sometimes, like, it's about mental work. You have to change your mind. That's what Eddie always says, like, change your mind. Yeah. Yeah, it was about changing and doing the right thing, like, your attitude. Yeah. Former Luther College runner Adam Bohach rounded out the podium in third place. Adam uh, was the top Iowa uh, native. Uh, he uh, lives in Cresco now, and he's also a run-a-blaze athlete after running 225.40. Um, fourth place, here's the top eight I'll give you. Uh, Michael Grazing um, is a Kansas City smoke runner. He ran 232.53. Then in fifth place was Ben Jaskowiak uh, with a good effort there. He's a former Drake runner, now uh, former uh, Run Blaze president. Um, he's living in Des Moines. He ran 233 flat. Then you had David Sivchek, who is a Cedar Falls native. He ran 235.10. I believe he's a former Run Blaze athlete. And then Michael Larkin. 
from Chicago, former Truman State runner, was 7th in 235.16. And then in 8th was Patrick Carruthers Green, the last man to break 240 and make this standard for making the show. Ran 238.27. And Patrick hails from Des Moines. Uh, the females, um, it was Harut Gwangal who fought off a really good uh, challenge from uh, Emma Houston, former Roosevelt and Drake University runner. Gwangal, um, also negative split over the second half, like David Two, running 236.05 um, to top uh, Houston, who um, and recently moved to uh, Des Moines um, after uh, living out in the Portland area. She was running for the Rose City Track Club. Emma told me that knowledge of the course didn't exactly favor her when Guangal took charge and really surged over the second half of the race. It did, yeah. Run the whole course at some point. Um, so that was good. Nice to be in the hometown. But, uh, yeah, it turned out to be too much of an advantage, but it was, it was good. It was good to be in the familiar territory. Houston ran 241.46, well ahead of third place Dana Herrick, who is a former Boone and Truman State runner. She is also a run blaze athlete. Herrick ran 249.24 to comfortably finish third place. And she knew that coming off eight months from having a baby, that um, the pace was uh, too fast that um, Emma Houston uh, set uh, after the first mile. Is my old lady wisdom shine through? Because at mile one, I was with her and Jake Kamer, and we came through the mile, and I looked down, and it was 6.08, and I said to them, well, see you later, because I know that I can't hold this pace. And I think me, the Dana eight years ago when I first was in my first few years of marathoning would have thought oh yeah I can go with that but today I think I just I knew my body and I knew where I was at um and so all the power to her and I said to her I was like keep your eyes on the first girl and just pick her off and run smart Emma's um I think new to the marathon relative to me and I'm excited for her that 249 was right on what Herrick expected to run after doing a half marathon last month, pushing a baby stroller in 123. She felt the effort would be about the same coming in. So I told myself, if I can push a half, if I can push a stroller and a half for 123, I can run a marathon in that pace. And that's exactly what I did. So I knew my body um, and I kind of knew that I was about at about that fitness. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've, I've definitely done a lot more stroller running than I probably would want to to train for a legit marathon training segment. But sure. today I wanted to celebrate that I have an eight month old, that I have a strong and healthy body. And I knew my fitness, I could break 250 and I knew I could podium. And so those are my goals and there we go. Finishing in fourth place, and the last woman to break three hours was Millie Brittle, former Drake runner, who is now with the Run Ablaze team and living in Des Moines. Millie ran 257.21. I believe that's her marathon debut. Then in fifth, it was Krista Weaver of Lake Oswego, Oregon. She, she ran three hours and two seconds, just ahead of Abigail Mancuso, who was four seconds back in sixth. Then you had uh, Jenny Marshall in seventh. She's a, an Ankeny resident. Um, Jenny ran 308 flat uh, for seventh, as I said. And then it was Kristen Kahn in eighth place in 309.08. 
Um, and then you had two former Iowa State runners, Erin Hooker, who had a nice career with the Cyclones, now in Des Moines. I believe she's with Meredith, um, maybe. Um, she's um, She was ninth place in 311.17, stepping up to the marathon. Um, she's originally from Colorado, Fort Collins. And then you had Meredith Anderson, um, also a former Iowa State runner uh, in 312.41. That's your top 10 for the women in the marathon. In the half marathon, we saw two first-time winners become second-time winners. Mason Frank and Samantha Wingert uh, claimed the victories there um, in relatively easy fashion. For Mason Frank, a former ADM of Adele Prep, this was a big PR for him. He wasn't that far off the course record, running 104.05 basically by himself um, to take an impressive win. A look at the progression for, for Mason Frank. In 2015, he ran 107.17 to take his first victory in Des Moines. And then in 2018, he lost a really good battle with uh, former Boone and Drake runner Brogan Austin, just five seconds behind Austin after running 105.20. So he chops another 115 off that time um, to easily uh, beat um, run blazes Blake Whalen. I asked Mason, what was the difference? What's the difference in his training? The training's just kind of been clicking with the longer workouts and the longer like, tempo runs. Um, out in Colorado, I did 11 days ago, I did 10 miles at 50, oh, six, at 6,000 feet. So that was a kind of a good indicator for me that I was ready to kind of take a, take a big swing here. Mason has struggled with two stress fractures, one in his sacrum and one in his foot during the last year and a half during a lot of struggles, but now he's healthy and he says he's ready for a big marathon, the California International Marathon in December in Sacramento. Well, I'm actually going out to CIM in December, so I'm doing that marathon again, um, hoping for a good time there. Obviously, things are clicking, like you said, mentally, physically, um, emotionally, everything is kind of clicking for me right now, so that's always yeah. a good space to be in. Um, the 2024 Olympic trials, hasn't, they haven't opened their window yet, um, but I just want to run fast in December, so we'll see what happens. As I mentioned, Whalen was in second. Uh, that 105.27 time for the Dubuque native, who now is a run ablaze athlete, is a new PR by about two minutes. So great running by uh, Blake. Uh, getting that, I know he was ecstatic to be able to run under five minutes per mile. Then in third place is Cody Bale. He's a new resident of the Des Moines area. He works at Fitness Sports. Um, he ran 105.39. He's he's nice to uh, talk to. Enjoyed uh, a chat with him. Fourth place was Ben Anderson, former Valley and Iowa runner in 106.11. He was just uh, not too far behind, 32 seconds behind Bale. Then you had a little bit of a gap to former Johnston High and Iowa Central runner Tyson Wheeland. He's now the run ablaze team uh, leader. Um, he ran 108.54 in fifth place. Then Tyler Lance, who is from Algona, he's in the news media. Um, he works for a radio station there. 109.34 for Tyler in sixth place. Then uh, the top 10 includes Jacob Anderson in 7th in 111.03, Eli Miller in 111.15, Jace Galley in 112, 
And then uh, Joseph Engel in 11207. I'm going to keep going here because there's a couple interesting names coming up here. Um, Scott Johnson of Johnston. Um, I know Scott really well. He ran 113.50 for 11th place. Then it was Jack Fisher in 113.50, uh, just right at the same time, but he got 12th. Mark Laughlin was 13th and 113.55. Then you had uh, Central College runner Caleb Silver running 14th and 114.29. I'll be mentioning Caleb's name later on in the show, so that'll be a hint of, of what kind of a weekend he's had. And then there was uh, Jeffrey Jeltima in 15th and 114.49. A lot of fast times in the men's half marathon. The women's uh, champion was, like I said, a repeat, Samantha Wingert, uh, the 2018 winner. She chopped a little bit of time off that win, about 15 seconds from her win that year. She ran 116.36, a new uh, PR for the Cedar Falls resident. And um, she was ecstatic to get that uh, race. She doesn't uh, race very often, so it was it was nice for her to get out and show what she could do. I was really happy with my time. I was hoping to get a PR, um, but you just never know how you're going to feel on race day. And um, luckily, I felt good and went out at a you know, a pace that I knew I could hold, and then kind of cranked it in and tightened the screws the second half of the race. Um, so yeah, I'm just happy. I'm grateful always to toe the line healthy, um, and just grateful that I'm able to run, especially on a beautiful day like today. Run Ablaze, which got their first marathon win with David Tu's victory. Also had another strong finish from Sarah Bakula, um, the Fort Atkinson resident. Um, she ran a 12-second PR. Um, she hadn't run uh, a, a PR in this distance in six years, but she runs 121.37 for runner-up. Uh, just 17 seconds ahead of Clive Triathlete. Uh, she's a pro triathlete, Jessica Smith. Um, a recent, uh, she recently moved to Iowa from California. She rounded out the podium. Then you had Katie Hollinger uh, in 123.06 for fourth. Bree Gaster in fifth in 125.49. Kate Kowalik, Kowalik, 126.03 for sixth. Lillian Johnson, 127.06 for seventh. I don't have a lot of these uh, hometowns for these people because, un 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 unfortunately, the, the uh, online race results um, doesn't have um, the hometowns with results, and that's one of the unfortunate things. Um, Colleen Webb continues to, to run really well um, year after year, a 127.27 for eighth. Um, she topped run ablaze athlete Emily Webb, who was ninth in 127.32. Uh, the five mile, Mercy One five mile was held on Saturday. And when I saw the results and I saw Josh Evans was the winner, I said, is that the same Josh Evans who was one of the greats in Iowa running, ran for Linmar? Um, and briefly at Iowa State, then went out to Colorado School of Mines, had a nice career out there. And it is. Uh, Josh is living in the Des Moines area. He set the new course record there. Um, it's, a, it's a race that runs from Principal Park. 
um, and ends there. He ran 25.09 to really obliterate that record. So congratulations to Josh. Nice to see him running well. He was a minute 40 ahead of Runablaze athlete and former Iowa State student McCoy Benzen. Benzen ran 26.49. Uh, in the principal 5K, it was Alec Baldwin, former Spirit Lake runner, and uh, he ran uh, out in Colorado as well um, um, after leaving Spirit Lake. Uh, interviewed him for the U.S. Uh, Olympic Trials Marathon. Um, he ran 15.10 in that 5K. That That's not a record, though. That's very fast, but unfortunately, no new record there. But really, easy winning time. He won by 3.15. The women's champion was Anna Bergman, who chopped 14 seconds off her master's record time that she set in 2019 while uh, also winning the race. Bergman runs 19.36 to defeat Tara Anderson. Uh, that's Anderson with an E-N on the end by just four seconds in a really good 5K. Bergman is from West Des Moines, and um, congratulations to her on um, resetting that master's record in the principal 5K during a busy IMT Des Moines Marathon weekend. On to the colleges now, where I already mentioned that Wesley Kiptu was named National Runner of the Week. Um, running a 23.11.2 time to uh, defeat a guy named uh, Cooper Tier of Oregon. He's the NCAA reigning indoor and outdoor 5,000 champion. So very impressive win by him. Uh, an impressive win by the by the Cyclones. They uh, in a, in, a, in a meet that featured 17 nationally ranked teams. It was the number six Cyclones who were the top dog um, with 88 points, knocking off number three, Stanford, uh, 104. Um, I'm going to go through this list because we're going to bring on Abby Caldwell in just a minute to talk more about it. But Festus Legat making his debut. He's going to help the Cyclones big time with 17th and 23.45. Then you had former Gilbert Prep, Thomas Pollard, in his last uh, go around here with Iowa State, doing very well. He and Gable Sapirda, former Central Lion GLR runners, right together, 23.46.5 uh, for Pollard, and then Sapirda, 23.47.9 for 21st. Then you had uh, Ryan Ford as your final score, 29th in 23.52. So he was just another, f uh, not, not even five seconds behind Sapirda. Uh, Ezekiel Ropp um, was your 41st runner, but but only four seconds back of Ford. So there are 12 places in four seconds. That's a gaggle of runners there. Um, he did not end up on the better end of that, um, but he was the non-scoring runner there um, with, like I said, the 88 points that they scored. Uh, then you had former <coughs> Ankeny uh, prep, Tim Cent. Um, who is 57th in 24.08. So he's uh, throwing himself in there. Nice to see. And then Chad Johnson, who hails from the Omaha area, 78th in 24.19. Um, we'll be, like I said, I'll go into a lot more about this. Uh, on the women's side, we've got uh, Kaylee Logue, who um, was in a big pack and just worked her way up into the standings. Um, to uh, pick off a seventh place finish and lead the number 22 Cyclones to uh, a seventh 
uh, excuse me, a ninth place finish in, in this uh, very loaded Nettycomb uh, invitational field. Um, Ashley Tutt, the uh, Northern Illinois transfer, um, she closed very well, moving up 20 spots over the final 2,000 meters to finish 37th and 20-45. Dana Fayen, she's uh, locked in, I think it looks like, in, in those top five positions for the Cyclones, running 20-55.6 for 51st. Winrose Chisang, who was um, not among the top five last race, um, she um, showed that she uh, wants to be a factor here in the scoring. She was the fourth runner for them in 104th. In 21:19, she is a Iowa Central transfer, but there is a bit of a, a bit of a gap there um, that has to be closed. Um, about 24 second gap between Fayan and Chisang. Then Madeline Hill, one of this junior uh, group, along with Chisang and Fayan, 21:21 for 109th. Then uh, Jeanette Schraft, uh, Glenwood, former Glenwood prep. Uh, was 139th in 21.33. Brenna Cohoon, um, 159th in 21.43. And then Grace Dickel, uh, 207th in 22.13. So the Cyclones end up uh, 9th. Um, we'll see where they end up in the rankings after that. Um, but um, against a really good field, I think uh, they continue to improve. Now it's time for our Iowa gal to join the program and talk about the Cyclones. She's a close connection to the Iowa State program. And of course, a, a former all Big 12 athlete, Abby Caldwell joins us to talk about Iowa State. Hi. Oh, um, Nuttycomb uh, was, was an impressive performance uh, by the Cyclones. We gotta start with the men um, winning, of course, the team title. Um, knocking off number three Stanford and of course uh, Wesley Kiptu with an impressive win uh, taking taking the lead from about 1k on yeah um, I think I think I said this in one of the earlier, earlier. Um, episodes that I thought that both the men and the women um, were um, a little under the radar for yeah. uh, their rankings and everything and I think that this weekend definitely showed that, especially on the men's side. Um, wow. Both getting the team win and getting the individual win, that's huge, especially at a meet like Wisco. Like, that's, it's a huge meet. It's one of my favorites. And so I thought they they did really well. I think they moved up really well. Um, like, if you just look at the spread, it's, they did a really good job. Yeah, beating Stanford by 16 points. I mean, yeah. They legitimately, you know, could be uh, ranked uh, when the rankings come out tomorrow, uh, maybe as high as two, you know. Yeah, it'll um, be really interesting to see what rankings come out tomorrow. Or... Finishing just one point behind BYU, of course, in, in Minnesota at GRIAC. So um, I guess we talked about, you know, Wesley running smarter and then, you know, and then he comes out and, and basically after uh, 600 meters decides, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take over. So uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe not, but maybe he, he felt like he was maybe the class of the field. How do you look at this? Um, yeah, I think both? that it also depends on the type of 
force in cross country is just so different than track because all tracks are the same because in cross all yeah. the horses are different and obviously griac is a lot tougher of a course than um like wisconsin course so i don't know um like i don't know if you can contribute that to him feeling better uh like this weekend rather than the other weekend or if the course was better suited for him or what like what i know one of Wesley's strengths would be being able to, if he gets in a rhythm, he can just like keep the rhythm um, yeah. really consistent. So like in track, when we would see him take off and just be 200 meters ahead of the field, it's because he was like in his own group, right? And I think that the Wisconsin course is definitely a tough course, but it's it's an easier course to get into like your own rhythm than Gria. And, of course, a big reason they were able to win is Festus Legat made his season uh, debut. Yeah. Uh, running two, number two and 17th overall. Uh, that's, a, that's a big lift when you got a guy like him with his credentials uh, yeah. stepping up and being number two. Um, did you kind of see this coming? Um, or did you feel like... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's always... Obviously, Festus is more of a middle distance guy. Like, we've always known yeah. him as being a 100 meter guy. Um, I think, I mean, something, some, whether it's their training or the atmosphere or something in Ames, he's like making all these guys perform really well. And so, I, I guess I didn't, I never really know what to expect from Festus. You know, like he always seems to surprise me because I never think of him as a cross guy, but then he'll like be all big 12. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the yeah. heck? Or he'll be second on the yeah. team, you know? So, um, yeah, I guess I like didn't even really like think of him until you, when I was watching the races, you know? Dude, were you able to watch it? I I was not. I, I was. I was uh, watching so the live splits. Okay. I was, so. I was so, so swamped with uh, Des Moines Marathon stuff. And then you yeah. had the two Iowa guys, Pollard and Sapirda, right together. Um, yeah. And then Ryan Ford. I mean, between those uh, four guys, you had seven seconds difference. So that's yeah. that's great packing up. That's that's how you that's how you win an yeah, NCAA that'll be championship. Yeah, for them is yeah. having like the two through five guys just as close to the, together as possible. And it seems like Thomas and Gable are working well together. I mean, from like where they're I think like every race they've been pretty close together so well like react too and so I don't know I think I think they've all been really consistent even if you look like even like you can run like all the way down to the last guy like their spread even then wasn't that big I think they just have a lot of depth this year which helps yeah and 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 I assume they're in a big training block still. They certainly didn't um, uh, peak for this race with uh, Big Twelves coming up in two weeks, and yet you had you had six guys break twenty four for for eight k. Yeah, 8K. yeah. That's, that's really impressive. It is. It, I I think that they're. I well okay. Do you know what? Is it not until regionals that they go up to ten k? I think at uh, yeah. they still run 8K, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's regionals where they move up. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think they can, they, they'll just, like, keep getting better. Yeah, but like you said, they're in a big training. I'm guessing they're in a big training block. I'm guessing they did not 
um, taper at all for this. Maybe a few miles here and there, but now it's getting into championship season, so. So, yeah, that's what that's what you kind of talked about that they really don't start backing off till um, till before Big Twelves, and then it's kind of you know that's when the taper starts. So, mm-hmm. and um, Ken Sint, uh, Ankeny kid, um, almost breaks twenty four himself. You know that that's really really impressive that he's jumping in there, finishing fifty seventh in in, in twenty four oh eight. I'm really I'm probably most impressed just because he came in and I think he had like a hip labrum surgery when he came in as a freshman and okay. he hasn't really been able to race like at all. So this is his first season racing oh, and okay. he's doing really, really well. Like to be in the top seven of a team that's running this well is huge. Yeah. For him. Um, yeah. He's, he's contributing. It looks like a, a future piece for him for sure. Women's side, um, you had, uh, well, Kaylee, again, ran a really, really smart race. She was buried in 55th place, about 2,000 meters, and then moved her way up into into seventh, um, kind of her typical race. And um, we did talk about uh, Winrose, Winnie. Um, she was uh, out of the picture in the last race, and here she's number four runner. So you kind of uh, hinted that there were better races ahead for her. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, I, I think I've probably said this, but I think the scoring women on the team is going to be different every single race. I think that yeah. there's so many people that are so close to each other, and it just depends which race, which course is suited to them, like how can they feel. So, I, it, honestly, any of these girls, how many did they race? Like eight, I think. There's eight, maybe. Um, I think, eight, yeah, eight finishers that they had. Yeah, yeah. and then I think um, there were a uh, B race too. B race, yeah. Um, so I think that the scoring people are going to change from here on out. So it'll be really interesting, interesting, especially when we go from eight. It's like at Big Twelves, we'll have ten on the starting line, and then we'll go down to only seven at regionals. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see who who those seven are because I see it changing every race, you know. So the Big Twelve is their last chance to make an impression with Coach yeah. Amy here. This is it. So, anything else you thought about the about the women's results there? Anything that jumped out at you? Um, it, uh, well, I thought Kaylee did a good, a really good job of like I. Yeah, I think you said she was like 55th place at the 2K mark, but that yeah, she was like stayed in that front group. If you looked at like the first place to 55th place, it was like a second. So she was, I think she did a really good job of staying in the group. And I think that she gave her a lot of confidence going into like um, championship season. Um, I was really like, I know Coach Amy would always talk with us about um, moving up in like, individual and in the team race and I think that like after 2k we were like in the 20s and then we moved up at the 4k mark we moved moved up again and then we finished ninth did we finish overall I think as a team oh for this race um I'm looking (laughs) uh yeah yeah you're right yeah yeah 
So I think that they did a really good job of moving up individually and team-wise. Like, this this is a big weekend for them. So I'm excited for Big 12 because I know Oklahoma State has a really good team. Um, They're always going to come out to battle. And obviously, um, West Virginia has a super good girl. Um, She's a steepler, too. But it'll be – It'll be fun. I think college will be fun to see what happens. Um, let's kind of preview that. Is it kind of a Cowboys Cyclones battle, or is there any um, any other team that can jump in there and challenge, or is it? Um... It's weird because at like the championship, like with um, Big Twelves, because the field is so small, every single point matters, so you can never count out. Uh, like a team, you know, like um, obviously we always have the rival with Oklahoma State. They're all, they're always, they always bring really good, like they, they have a good team. They're good. And um, but then there are good, so in the team race, like Oklahoma State, we always have our eye on Oklahoma State. But then there's yeah. always girls that like you won't still need to, even like our, so we score five, our six through 10 need to still beat as many people as possible just to like get this. Like, we don't want people to end up beating us by a point here or there. You know what I mean? Like, West Virginia has a super good girl. I think she won, she may have won West Scout or something. Um, mm. But like, we've got to keep our eye on her and like get as many girls in front of the other West Virginia girls, you know, because they've got a low stick. So it's just, Big Twelves are my favorite. They're they're definitely like whether it's track or cross country, definitely my favorite. You, like it doesn't matter about time or anything. It's literally just beating as many people as you can. You know. This is her last chance, Kaylee's. Do you see us see her going out with a victory here? Last Big Twelves. I do. I do. Yeah. I think Kaylee will be. I mean, it will not be easy. I don't think ever is easy. Um, obviously, like, the Big 12 is good. Like, the, right now, the Big 12 running, is, we have some really good girls. But Kaylee is good, and she is going to keep getting better. Coach will have her prepared, for sure. So, it'll be, in, it'll be interesting, but I, I believe Kaylee will win. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've heard that uh, David, too, won uh, the uh, IMT Des Moines Marathon in his marathon debut yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I called him kind of a Swiss Army knife in my story because he can do just about every distance. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just months after he uh, ran the 3,000 at NCAAs, and here he jumps up to the marathon and wins it. Uh, guy's got impressive talent. Yeah. Sorry, you cut out. What did you say? He has very impressive talent for, for yes. uh, moving up in distances. He does. I remember when he people 5K, 10K, triple. Yeah. I was like, oh, my goodness. Now he's doing the marathon. It's wild. He's very good. <laughs> he is impressive, for sure. Yeah, he was just the second ever person ever to uh, score doing all three of those. And then, uh, of course, Wesley became the, the third when he did it uh, <laughs> last year winning them all three but um it's uh yeah he's what do you see for him as far as his, his pro future um uh the guy they say the guy he 
self-described big respect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I... I don't really know what his plans are or where he's even at right now, but I mean, clearly he is, did a, his first marathon and won and did it, yeah. you said, in a really good time. I don't know marathon time very well, but I could see him really like yeah, making it. 216. On, yeah, in the road, in the road racing scene, I could see him doing it, doing big things there. That'd be super cool. It's always hard too, though, because he's from Kenya so Kenya distance running is just so tough you know like yeah. I think like making an Olympic team as a Kenyan would be so hard right right so. it's hard so maybe he has a future but it's on the roads maybe he's definitely smart smart guy you know yeah he, uh, he's, he's certainly so nice, uh, yeah very nice so, yeah. so. he's just so like right. soft-spoken he's really <laughs> he's great yeah, I like a lot of the Kenyan runners for sure. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll catch you in two weeks after right. the, the battle uh, in Stillwater. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Sorry about the audio levels on that. Uh, Abby was a little faint. I'm not sure if her phone was working optimally or, or what the situation was, but I'm sorry you had to turn up your volume for that. Um, but as, uh, going back to Nutticomb, it was, uh, got to point out, New Mexico uh, was the uh, champion at this uh, event. The number two Lobos knocked off NC State. And one of their top seven runners was former Iowa Central runner Adva Cohen. She's the number six runner for the Lobos, running 2043. Uh, if you're looking at the distance there, that is uh, just ahead of Ashley Tut for the Cyclones. Um, if you're if you're uh, comparing notes here, so uh, the Lobos might be um, might be the team to beat here after knocking off NC State. Long way to go, but it was 93 to 102 was the final score, and then BYU, which was um, also ranked in the top three, they were at 152, so they were well back there. Um, so New Mexico getting it done, and like I said, Cohen, the number six runner for them. That, that's pretty good when you have Adva Cohen running number six who's she's been a national qualifier in the steeplechase um, um, and then um, you had another former Iowa State runner as well as an Iowan also cracking the top 10 along with Kaylee Logue you had Amanda Vestry who's now a senior at Syracuse she's done very well in her home but returning to her home state she uh, was ninth in 2013 Point three, and then uh, Abby Coet Jackson. Um, she's a Minnesota senior, former Ballard of Huxley runner. She was tenth in twenty nineteen point one. She trailed only on her team, only Bethany Haas, who is, uh, you know, an All Big Ten performer, uh, like herself. But I think Haas has also been a Big Ten champion, if I remember right. So, um, really good running for um, Abby. Um, I know the Gophers didn't have a very good meet their last time out, so this was an improvement. They were sixth. Um, they were, um, well, they're sixth ranked, uh, but they were um, number four in the team race with 188 points. If you're wondering, Oklahoma was right behind, uh, not far behind them uh, with 206 points. So that's what Iowa State has to target is Oklahoma State. So that wraps up Nuttycomb there. 
from that end of things. Um, moving on, it was the Bradley Pink Classic on Friday. And University of Iowa men's and women's teams both finished in the top four there, with the women taking second in one with 136 points. And it was former Johnston prep Brooke McKee leading the way for the Hawkeyes for the first time, running a career best as well, 15th place for Brooke in 21-26. Her uh, previous best was 21-35 at Gans Creek just a couple weeks ago. She's a sophomore from Johnston, so great to see her uh, do well. Um, I'll get to the, the leader for the Hawkeyes who didn't have as very as good a run here. She was followed by another Iowan, um, Gabby Skopic. Um, very nice run for 23rd place. McKee was 15th, by the way. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Uh, Scopic 23rd and 21.35. That's a PR of just over a second for the Coralville native who went to Iowa City West and uh, transferred from Northern Iowa. Um, she moved up, uh, according to University of Iowa information, 50 places uh, to, to the finish from the first 2,000. So she really was a big mover. Um, moved up 29 positions over the final second half of the race. Um, then this, this Iowa team is one you can really root for because they're a, a whole bunch of uh, Iowa natives on this team. Uh, Lauren McMahon, former Ankeny High prep, was 26 for the Hawkeyes, also running a new PR of 21.36. Her previous best was 21.51 at Gans Creek in Missouri. So uh, she's running well, number three runner. Then it was Jessica McKee, uh, sister of Brooke, um, uh, also went to Johnston, uh, running also a PR of 21.35. That's just over 10 seconds from her best. She was 35th. And then Emma Gordon, uh, Ankeny Centennial prep. Um, she was the number five scorer, rounded out the scoring for the Hawkeyes, 37th in 21-49. Um, and then you had uh, Miriam Sandine, who was um, not far behind her in 40th. She also ran a PR of 21-52. Um, so this, that's really great to see all the uh, runners um, knocking out PRs here. And then Kelly Tosic, uh, who's been their number one runner. Um, she's a sophomore um, all, all of the season. Um uh, was only 49th, so um, I don't know if she just had a bad day. Uh, hopefully that's it, and we'll see her back there. So the Hawkeyes finish a runner-up in, uh, in that event with 136 points. On the men's side, it was um, Noah Tratner, uh, sophomore, leading the way. Um, he just missed a PR, um, just by two-tenths of a second. Uh, that's that's tough to take, but he was uh, a, a quality eighth place in 24-14. Um, he's led every race for the Hawkeyes except for one, and that was the last time out at Gans Creek. He's a Naperville North prep in Illinois. Um, he was. And then Noah Healy, um, a guy who was the top dog uh, in that race last time, he was uh, 19th in 24 33. Um, that is a big PR for him. His previous uh, best was 24.08 for the 8K distance. Um, he's also an Illinois uh, native. K. 
Cal Lewis uh, was third for the Hawkeyes in 29th. I know Randy Hazenbank, their coach, was really excited to see him close the gap between Tratner and Healy. Um, that was one of the big pushes that he needed to see was you know getting that third runner closer, and he did it with a nice PR of 2449. Uh, his previous best was 2457. He's from Shelter Island, New York. Jack Pendergast is the first Iowan on the Hawkeyes that finished. Um, he's a former Cedar Rapids Prairie prep. Uh, 32nd overall in 21 and 24.51, and that knocks uh, six seconds off his PR. So great running for him. Uh, and then Ian Geisler uh, is the final score for the Hawkeye men. He was 25.11, um, and that's also a, a big PR for him of almost 32 seconds for the. Uh, runner from Lake in the Hills, Illinois. Um, I also want to mention that um, Connor Sommer, who is a senior, former Pleasant Valley runner from Bettendorf, was 78th in a new PR of 25.17. Um, and his previous best, I believe, was 25.48. So really, really uh, the Hawkeyes stepping up there with Cal Lewis helping their, their cause. Without his performance, they, they, they don't finish fourth in that meet. Um, there were other schools there. Drake University actually had the top men's finisher among the colleges, and it was Adam Fogg, uh, the junior making his season debut. He was third overall in that 8K in 2357, so the, the Australian um, showing he's... Uh, in top form leading into the Missouri Valley Conference Championships in two weeks uh, at Illinois State. Then you had sophomore Aziz Jedi, 14th in 24-28. Um, uh, as uh, Drake finished 10th in the team race, by the way. Uh, Aziz Jedi is uh, from France. And then you had um, um, transfer per Beal, um, who ran for Iowa Central, transferred from Iowa Central to Drake. He also had a nice finish in 61st place in 2509. So the Bulldogs getting some, some top uh, runners there. Um, they did have a couple runners among their top group that didn't run. So we'll see, hopefully, their full complement of runners in two weeks. Uh, Merga Gamita, former Sioux City North runner, um, He's a junior for the University of South Dakota. He was their top runner. Gamita was the top coyote in 20th place in 24-34. Um, former Dallas Center Grimes prep Jacob Waymeyer was not a scoring runner for the University of South Dakota, but he was close. He was their number six runner. He finished 175th overall in 26-11. Um, and then you had, um, well, let's talk about um, Northern Iowa men. Uh, leading the way was Peyton Mars, leading the Panthers um, with a new PR for the 8K. Um, he was he ran 25-24.3 for 93rd place. Peyton's a former Urbandale runner, now a sophomore for the Panthers, who knocked 24 seconds off his best for that 8K distance. The men's winning time, by the way, was 23.41. 
by Dice Melabana of Nebraska. He was the champion in that uh, men's uh, edition. Uh, on the women's side, let's uh, return back um, to there, to the 6K, and it was uh, Kiki Connell uh, of Charles City, a true freshman for the Panthers, who was their uh, top runner in 16th place overall. She runs a new PR of 21.28.8. I, I, this might be her first 6K. I, I can't remember of uh, that, but uh, still impressive, impressive by her. She's, she's going to be a star for many, many years here. Um, then you had uh, uh, Guthrie Center's Kate Crawford, also a freshman, uh, doing very well. Uh, 76th, she runs a new PR of 22.19, knocking 14 seconds off her best time. Panthers had some good uh, uh, some good results here. You had senior Maya Rampton also setting a new uh, best for the 6K after finishing 100th in 22.35. And then Isabel Schaefer, um, who is a uh, wa former Waukee prep, uh, a freshman who was 119th in 22.45.8. She had her season last year, like everybody had their cross-country seasons, uh, wiped out uh, mostly. She basically just had the conference meet. And then Paige Holub, um, who is a former uh, Pella prep, also set a new best in the 6K, uh, topping her previous best by 19 seconds. She was 126th place in 2248. So that's the Panthers' top results. Um, so they're, um, they're edging upward. We'll see where they land in the Missouri Valley championships, see if they can get in the top half there. Um, and University of South Dakota also had um, uh, a, a, a top runner from Iowa, Helen Gold, former Valley High prep, was 75th, and the number five runner for the Coyotes, Helen ran 22.19.6. So if you're comparing notes, she um, was... I mean, right there, right, just barely ahead of Kate Crawford. They were 75th and 76th. So that kind of sees how USD is a little bit ahead of Northern Iowa when you're comparing uh, teams, but they're not conference rivals, of course. Uh, Loyola, Illinois had Elizabeth Aho. Um, she is a former Drake runner who's transferred over there. She ran 22-22 for 80th place for the Ramblers. So nice performance by her. And then Bradley, which finished third in the team race, they got a good uh, seventh place run on their team from Amelia Lesher. She uh, was uh, not a, a scorer for them, um, but she did finish 158th in 23.06. And Bradley, um, probably the team to beat in that women's uh, race for the Missouri Valley Conference Championships in two weeks. The women's winner, by the way, was Yasmeen Wright of Wichita State in 2035. Really, really strong time there. Um, briefly, I'm going to finish up here with NCAA Division One. The Arturo Berrios Invitational was on Saturday in College Station, Texas. And former Crestwood prep, uh, Ellie Friesen uh, was the number two runner for Baylor. 
uh, in that event, uh, helping the Bears to 12th in the team race. Ellie finished 36th in the 6K in 2130.3. Like I said, the Bears um, 12th in the team race. They will not be a contender for the Big 12 championships in two weeks, but it's nice to see Ellie being one of the top runners for sure for that uh, Baylor track team. It was tough to decide which uh, Division Three meet to lead with, Augustana Invitational or Lewis and Clark, but I'm going to go with the team result because uh, this Augie invite in Rock Island was a big moment for the Wartburg men. They battled against Pomona Pitzer. I, I talked on the, on the top of the show. They knocked them off. It was one against two, so the Knights are going to be... Uh, they're going to have that favorite label going into NCAAs. And it was, uh, as I mentioned, Holy Cross native Joe Freeberger, who was taking the victory, earning National Runner uh, of the Week honors, helping the Knights to a very strong finish, 24-16.8 with the win. His teammate was number two, Christopher Collett, in 24-21. He's from Verona, Illinois. And then they got a seventh from Sam Pinkowski, who is from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, 24-32, and as I mentioned, they beat the Pomona Pitzer 39-46 to in that team race. Very important um, that when you look going into nationals. Dalton Martin was 12th for the Knights. He's um, just over the river from uh, Davenport and Bettendorf, former United Township runner. 24-38, the junior ran for 12th. Morgan Shirley Fairburn. A junior from Bismarck, North Dakota, was 17th and 24-46. And then Jay Mixdorf, nice to see him getting in there, um, running among the top Knights. Uh, former Ankeny High runner, now a senior, 24-51 for 20th place. Um, and then uh, Cornell College, I want to mention this strong result here. A junior, Aaron Davidson, was 32nd for the Rams in 25.01, nearly breaking 25. So that's the Augustana uh, Invitational. On the women's side, they could not knock off Pomona Pitzer. Uh, Pomona won 68-75 to in the team race. Riley Meyer leads the way. She's a former Fort Dodge St. Edmund prep. She was uh, sixth place in 22 flat, 0.8. Um, and then you had a 12th from Trinity Borland, uh, former Bettendorf prep in 22.10. Uh, and then 15th from Karina Collett. She's the uh, sister of Christopher, and she's a senior. She was 15th in 22-15. Um, then, you, then you had a string of, of more nights. They really pack up very well, just like the men. Natalie Paulson um, ran for Dallas Center Grimes. She's a junior uh, in, uh, in Waverly. She, um, well, junior or sophomore, I mean, they got them listed both ways, I, I guess. Junior academically, 22.20.8. Uh, that's, by the way, a six-minute mile pace for 20th place for Natalie. Then Aubrey Fisher, who's been one of their top runners this season, just not uh, didn't have her best race here. She was 22nd um, in 22.31. She's a sophomore, former AGWSR of Ackley Runner. Shaylin Hostager um, was the non-scorers, but still an impressive time for her. Freshman, for, uh, former Dubuque Hempstead Prep, 
22.33 for her. And then Lexi Brown, who ran for New London over in eastern Iowa, southeast Iowa. Um, 22.34, the sophomore ran for 26th place. Um, so Wartburg uh, women, definitely a contender on the national stage. Um, and they showed it with that runner-up finish to Pomona Pitzer. Moving on to the Lewis and Clark College Invitational, where the Loris College coaches sent their teams all the way to Portland, Oregon for a high-quality meet. And it was Cassie Rosenboom who gets my vote for Athlete of the Week if I were picking one for this show because she knocked off um, some runners from the University of Oregon. It wasn't their top group, but it's still uh, some of their, you know, it's still a duck runner uh, knocked off the top uh, Oregon runners, knocked off the top ones from Portland State, Oregon State. She was top dog of all. Um, she led from the start. Uh, put out a 16-second gap on everybody and won the race in 2010.9, winning by 39 seconds. And that time, by the way, we're, you know, it's hard to compare courses, of course, but that winning that would have been the winning time at the Bradley <laughs> Pink Classic. So she's she's really uh, on another level here uh, amongst the Division Three levels. Um, she's. Um, easily uh, one of the top runners uh, in the nation for sure, regardless of division. Um, so her uh, her uh, school record um, had been 20, uh, 26, which was very good, but she knocked that off by 16 seconds in winning the race. And like I said, helping the Duox to sixth place. Uh, Alexis Reisberg um, was the next uh, Duhawk finishing in, and she's a former Dallas Center Grimes uh, runner and a junior for Loris. She was 46th, running a new PR of 23.07, so congratulations to Alexis. Nice to see her running well. Brianna Renner was 57th for Loris. Also a season best of 23.17. Valerie Herbst, who's a senior from Dubuque, 62nd place in 23-22. And the final score for Loris was also a native of Dubuque, former Dubuque senior Ellie Osterberger. She also ran a season best of 23-26.5 to place 71st overall. Carlton College won the meet with 81 points, uh, followed by Division I Seattle University with 98. Division I University of Portland with 99. So, Loris, <clears throat> very competitive amongst all these NCAA Division I programs. On the men's side, <clears throat> it was Loris finishing fourth place. They're 25th ranked by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. And it was leading the way was two Iowans, um, Wyatt Kelly, who is from Hudson, ran for Hudson. Uh, he was 22nd place in 24.43. That time, by the way, is fourth best in Loris history all time, so congratulations for him. Um, Luke Guttermson was next, actually, for Loris in 26th place in 24.51. He is not an Iowan, but in the third uh, top runner for Loris was Joey Schultz, former Dubuque Hempstead runner, uh, just right behind Guttermson, um, 27th place. Um, he ran 24.52, and that is 8th best 
all time in school history. So some really historic running here for Loris out in Oregon. Uh, rounding out the scoring for Loris was Will Yazdick, uh, 2505 uh, for 39th place, and then Julian Watson running and uh, finishing 44th place in 2511. Um, it was University of Portland men who were very good. Um, they won the meet with a perfect score of 15 points. Then you had Southern Oregon Division II program with 78, and then Carleton College in third with 94. But um, um, excellent, uh, excellent running for the Loris men as they get ready. They have a week off as well as Warburg does before the American Rivers Conference Championship, October 30th. That will be in Decorah. Um, we had, we had several schools that were competing in the Jim Drew's Tory Neubauer Invitational. That was in West Salem, Wisconsin on Friday. And, um, Iowa Central, uh, came, saw, and you know what they did. They kicked, you know what? Um, it was Aspel Kiprop, who was the men's winner. He's a freshman, 24-16. Um, he topped his teammate and reigning national champion, Kelvin Bungie, less than two seconds to help Iowa Central finish second in the team race. It was Wisconsin Lacrosse, which uh, topped them by just seven points, 60 to 67. Um, Xander Cobb for the Tritons was also sixth in 24-59, and Yared Kadine uh, was 14th, 25-20. Their final scoring runner was Brady Hogan. This was their problem with, with uh, Iowa Central. Brady Hogan was only 51st place in 26-20, so a, tw a minute gap between their fourth and fifth runners. If they can close that down, they would have beaten lacrosse, but unfortunately... Um, they uh, uh, didn't have a good fifth runner in that meet. Simpson College was also there, and it was Spencer Moon who um, was not far behind Bungie. Uh, he finished fourth in 24-54 to lead the Storm. Uh, Moon is a former South Central Calhoun runner, um, and that's the first time he's broken 25 minutes for the 8K distance. So... And um, and he knocked off 12 seconds off his previous best mark. That was in Simpson's last race. Storm also had a, a very good performance from Harry Dudley. Um, it's 25-15. I believe it's a PR um, for that uh, 13th place finish. Central College and Luther also competed in this meet. And it was Will DeHaan. Uh, former Central DeWitt prep, who was the leader for the Dutch, he finished 15th in 25-21. That is a career best for 8K for him. He topped Caleb Silver. I mentioned I mentioned him uh, during the IMT Des Moines Marathon report. So he runs in a meet Friday night and then uh, comes back and runs in the in the mar in the um, half marathon on Sunday. Silver ends up getting 17th. In 25-25, he is a former BCLUW of Conrad runner. And Central also had a good uh, performance from Noah Jorgensen, sophomore from Sydney. He um, he, he runs a PR there, 25-45 uh, for him. His previous best was 26-06. As I mentioned, Luther um, 
College was also there. Tom Altire was their leader. He is a former Johnston High Prep um, native of Granger, ran 25-31. And then they also got a 29th place finish from Ian Kelly in 25-47. Also, um, for the winning lacrosse team, I wanted to mention that Parker Hewn um, was 22nd place in 25-32. He is a uh, former Pleasant Valley runner and now a sophomore with them. Um, he's also got some running wild elite. Um, he's a member of that team as well. So that's how the men's race went down. On the women's side, it was the Central College women who were third in the team race. Iowa Central was fifth. Uh, lacrosse uh, women also won 19 points and it was Eau Claire with 63 Central with 114 Gustavus adults adults uh, with 137 and then Iowa Central well back in 211 um, but their top runner for the Tritons was Chloe Garcia Grafing in fourth place um, she finished fourth uh, in that uh, competition Graving's time was 22.15 to lead the way. Um, as I mentioned, Central was third place, and their leader was Megan Johnson, a former Applington Parkersburg prep. She took 14th place for that 6K race in 22.40. That is the first time that she has led the Dutch um, in a meet since the season opening uh, Dutch Invitational on September 3rd, because Caroline McMartin has been the leader, but um, it was Johnson getting the better of her. McMartin was 16th place, still running a new PR of 22.44. Her previous best was 22.56. McMartin, a sophomore from Pella. Then Mary Vroom, um, who vroomed her way up to, <laughs> to the leaders for the Dutch. She was 29th in 2305, and and this was a big improvement for her. She dropped well over a minute uh, from her previous uh, best performance. She ran 2305.50. She is a senior from Okaboji, so that's uh, uh, that's the central results there from um, the Jim Drews Tory Newbauer Invitational on Friday. Then back home. Indian Hills Invitational was held Friday at Cedar Creek Golf Course in Ottumwa. And it was Iowa Western men who really dominated this um, with just 24 points, led by Nicholas Kiprotich, the freshman who has been National Runner of the Week uh, before this. Um, she He ran 24, 24.8 for 8K, really um, a dominant run there. His teammate, Wamach Morgillo, we'll call him Wamach Morgillo, freshman, was third in 25-46. Then Jason Bowers, a freshman for the Reavers, 25-47.8 for fourth. Jonas Mogos, who has kind of been there until this season, was their dominant runner. He was only fourth on the team, number sixth place. Uh, the freshman ran 26-13, and then their final score was 10th place Riker Mattioli um, in 26-46. Uh, 
or tenth place. They'll have to try, you know, have to get a little faster, get a little closer to Jonas, and Jonas will probably have to get closer to Jason Bowers when they come around to uh, nationals. Um, but they had 24 points. Indian Hills was runner-up uh, with 49, and their leader was Nick O'Connor. Former Clear Creek Amana of Tiffin Runner. He's a sophomore. He ran 26-17 for 7th place. Indian Hills also um, had the 8th and ninth place runners. Isaac Bryant, a sophomore, ran for Grinnell Newberg. He was 26-34 for 8th place. And then Brady Milliken, um, who ran for Pekin uh, and is from Hedrick. He's a sophomore, ran 26-42 for ninth place. Nyack finished third with 80 points. And Melvin Kipkamboy, their standout sophomore, I mentioned him, National Runner of the Week for NCAA, NJCAA Division II. He was runner-up in 24.50, so well back of Kiprotich, uh, 26 seconds back. Uh, but still, nevertheless, runner-up finish. And Nyack also got a 17th um, place as well. That was their next runner, so that kind of cost them dearly in the team race. Graceland, which finished fourth with 113 points, they had a top five finish from sophomore Dylan Grover in 25-55. Hawkeye Community College was fifth and one with 121 points. The women's 5k, it was also the Iowa Western women that dominated with 27 points. And Mercy B. Watt, their standout freshman, was the champion in 1801. They also got a third place from freshman Mohusen Abakar in 1929. Bethany Stacy, also a freshman, was fifth in 1951. And then Jaden Miller, another freshman in 2019, was seventh. And like I said, they scored 27 points. Um, Indian Hills was third with 66 points and um, it was Emily Casterline who led the way she's a freshman and a former Pella uh, well she's from well she's from Pella I should say she ran 2037 um, in that so that's her second best 5k of the year um, so good for her to lead the way Nyack um, did not have a full team here, um, but Sarah Bertry, um, I mentioned her at the top, National Runner of the Week, was their top runner. The sophomore ran 18.58 for runner-up position. Hawkeye Community College also did not have enough for a team, but Emma Hoynes, uh, their standout freshman, was fourth for them in 1939. The Graceland University women finished runner-up in the team race with 56 points, and they put three runners in the top 10, led by senior Keegan Perkins in sixth place in 2014. Then 10 seconds back was senior Ashlyn Perkins in eighth, and then uh, Grace Stewart was ninth place. She's a junior. She ran 20-30.2. Indian Hills, the host team, was third with 66 points. That was Friday in Ottumwa. Finishing things up with the Blue and Gold Classic. This was a duel between West Texas A&M and host Angelo State. 
And it was the West Texas A&M men who dominated the things with a perfect score of 15 points to Angelo State's 50. This was their last meet before the Lone Star Conference Championships. The important thing for us to know is that former Iowa Central runner Innocent Marwanashika uh, won his second race of his career. He ran the 8K course there and 24.35.9. That is almost 30 seconds faster than he ran last year on this same course at the Lone Star Conference Championships. The, uh, the Buffs also had a good finish from another former Triton runner, Noah Bundrock, finished 18th for West Texas A&M. That was the Blue Gold Classic that got delayed by weather, to, and it was held on October 13th on a Wednesday. That is your, that is that, that's it. I, I swear to God, that is the end of the results. Oh my gosh. But coming up, I, I'm going to be getting a little bit of a breather here. Um, next week, it looks like a very light um, week for the, uh, for the racing schedule. You do have Grandview and St. Ambrose. We'll be competing at the NAIA Great Lakes Challenge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, the Mount Marty invite will have several colleges on the western side of Iowa, including Dort, Morningside, will be there. That's at the uh, Fox Run Golf Course in Yankton, South Dakota. And also the MIAA Championships will be held in Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, that's Division Two meet, so we'll have some Iowa ties for that. But that is it. Thanks for staying with me, and um, hope you have a great week of running. Until then, happy running, everyone.